there were six kids in my family and it was like a single mom situation. So it's like you couldn't ask your mom because you're going to screw up a hundred boards before they start being like decent, not like good, but decent, you know, and finding, finding a hundred suckers that are going to pay you 300 bucks or whatever. And I was in college. I thought I wanted to be like a dentist or something like that. Right. So. And for those that weren't in the lineup with us today, I, I felt like I was on the couch at the therapist's <laughs> office. Maddie was just pinpointing everything. I don't know when I really fell in love with farting or with farting. <laughs> I think we all fell in love with farting ages ago. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you're scared of dogs and you get bit by dogs all the time. And then if you're not scared of dogs, dogs like come up and lick you. <laughs> and so that's kind of how it is. Sit down with somebody who's bigger and scarier and stronger than you and wants to kill you. It, it's, it's crazy. Just the mental battle, the mental anguish. It's, it, it was you know, like, I remember like surfing Waimea about eight or nine years ago. It was like one of the Eddie years and it was like the bay was closing out and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to die for sure. I looked over and there's like a 12 year old kid duck diving this close out like next to me and I was like, that guy's going to survive. I mean, you know, you got to understand me. Like, like I'm, I'm terrified of the sun terrifies me. It's, it's trying to kill me. I know it is. I mean, obviously, like, yeah, I've got to put on all this, like, cream and stuff to keep it from killing me. Like, everything is trying to kill me, and I'm scared of everything. This is Alive. Enjoy the show. Digging into the minds of those living life to the fullest. Stories, interviews, and moments in time that capture life lived. Throughout the season, we will bring you guests from various walks of life. Athletes, artists, globetrotters, entrepreneurs, and just about everything in between. Our goal? To take you on a bit of an audio vacation. Introducing you to new friends, sights, sounds, hell, for doing our auditory duty, maybe even some taste and smells. Throughout the podcast, we aim to give you, our listener, achievable tips and aspirational goals relating to creativity, an active lifestyle, travel, and the idea that one should always be evolving. Each episode is brought to you by Imperial Motion. Hailing from the Pacific Northwest with roots across the globe, our goal at Imperial Motion is to give you a unique, forward-thinking product to withstand the elements, goods, gear, and the like to keep you moving. Whether your adventures take you to the sea, street, or off the grid entirely, we aim to outfit those living an active lifestyle, keeping to the mantra, never established, always evolving. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Alive. I'm your host, JJ, and we have a wonderful episode for you. Shapers are often referred to as artists or craftsmen, and both would be completely accurate. Shaper is, in every sense of the word, a creator as well. Not just of an object, but of an emotion. Because after all, what other inanimate object can bring the joy of a well-crafted surfboard? Maddie Rayner is a master at that craft, but calling him an artist, hell, even calling him a master craftsman, 
would be a very limiting description of this modern-day Renaissance man. Along with those titles would come father, surfer, amateur fighter, business owner. The guy's got a lot cooking. We flew over to Hawaii to spend some time with Maddie as a fly on the wall in a shaping bay. And this podcast is what resulted. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to another episode of Alive. Today, in the studio, we have Mr. Maddie Rayner. Maddie, welcome to the show. Thank you. That was a crisp high five. <laughs> Maddie, for those that don't y- know you, do you want to do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, Maddie Rayner. Live in Hawaii. I shape surfboards um, for work, sometimes for pleasure, mostly for work. Surf sometimes. Um, have a bunch of kids and some on the way um yeah that's the nutshell elevator pitch version of what i you am guys, what i do you guys know them now we, we can just stop the interview I, now. I do stuff <laughs> make cool shit sometimes where so where are you from maddie like where are you originally from um, i'm from santa cruz california and then kind of did like uh i felt like a little bit of a, of a nomad like a little transient through my youth i guess um um, just kind of traveling around California and then like doing Hawaii and stuff like it just everywhere. I mean, it, it's hard. It's, it's hard for me to even like say where you're from. That's, it's such a weird question. You know, it is, it you is. Know, it's, it's very, no, I know it's very telling. Um, it's weird though. I mean, I think that at this point, I think I've lived in Hawaii longer than I've lived anywhere else. Um, but my formative years were kind of like, you know, not really on the road, but not really feeling like I was a certain place. I like that answer, though. It's <laughs> can we keep it vague? <laughs> can we can keep it vague. Well, for those of you that can't see where we're at, we're actually doing this recording um, above Maddie's uh, wonderful shaping bay at his house here on the northeast side of Oahu. Um, mm-hmm. Maddie, how did you end up coming to Hawaii? Like, what brought you out here? Um, so we had some kind of family ties here, and I, I came out here in, in high school couple times then we'll go back to go back home to california and um i I don't really know how it happened i i think that like i i did some sports through high school like i surfed in high school and i did swimming and everything else and uh, i mean basically by the end of high school i had like a 2.6 gpa and there's no way that i was going to get into any college really but we had this um connection that kind of got me into school like get like a full gift this is like I hate hearing about this stuff sometimes because it was all about who we knew. <laughs> but I got into college here because we just happened to knew a guy who got me into college here at, at BYU Hawaii in Laie. Um, and it's a four-year university. And it's kind of like, it's a private school, but it's really, really cheap. It's like cheaper than most community colleges. So we could pull it off. And they didn't look at my ACT, SAT, any of that so stuff. So you kind of had a second chance on the education front, so to speak. Oh, yeah, a full gift. At I mean, an oceanfront university. Exactly. Here. I really think, like, best ways of any college in the United States, for I sure. Think it, I think it does win, number one. It, it smokes UCSD. It really does. Stuff. There's a lot of reasons to go here. Well played. Well, um, I guess on the lines of your education, what got you into shaping as a career? Hmm. Um, I started building boards for myself when I was like 13 or so, I think 
12, maybe. I don't know if it was 12 or 13. Is that your first shape? No, kind of. It was like my dad brought home um, a board from the dumpster. for Not from the dumpster, but from a landfill. I think he did like a dump run and saw a board. And pretty sure that's illegal. <laughs> but he did it. It was a piercing arrow. And um, it was kind of like, I, I, I don't even think it was that, that bad of shape, but it was just too big for me. So I chopped off a chunk of the nose and a chunk off the tail and tried to reshape it into something and uh, went through a couple boards like that. And then... Um, I was like, geez, 14, 15 or something like that. When, uh, I think, I think I sprouted, I think I was a pretty small kid and I, I couldn't find boards on the rack and I was like trying to do NSSA stuff and competing and everything else. And, um, so yeah. And also, I mean, it's like, there were six kids in my family and it was like a single mom situation. So it's like, you couldn't ask your mom to go and buy you. A, so it started off more as a, it was, it was, means to no, it was, it was a hack. It was yeah. a surfing hack. Like how can I, how can I ride boards that I should be riding without having to pay for to boards that I should be riding? Money, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I started actually, um, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember his name now. We might have to cut this, but P- Peter Mel's dad mm. um, in, in Santa Cruz had a shop called Freeline. He still does. He still does. It's still there. It's awesome. And Peter Mel and like the whole family, they're so rad too. But I would get Pete's old hand-me-downs. And I think his regular shortboards at the time were like 6'6 six, six or 6'8. Six, that was like it was his a different era. <laughs> performance shortboard. And so I literally chopped like, I think it was, it was about eight inches off the nose and eight inches off the tail. And strip off the glass and reshape those, and redo those into boards that I could ride in contests. So like at what point were you doing that and be thinking, you know what, I, I'm kind of good at this. Like I might have a knack at this. This could be a career. You know, I never, I never thought that I re- I mean, I was the last person to, to see what was there. I, I know that I really like shaping and I worked in a surfboard factory, um, at how surfboards in Santa Cruz. And then it, it was always a matter of just like getting the reps in because you're going to screw up a hundred boards before they start being like decent, not like good, but decent, decent. you know, and finding, finding a hundred suckers that are going to pay you 300 bucks or whatever it costs to make them, you know? So it was like just making boards for friends and everything. And then when I was in college here, um, I think I was getting boards like really good deals and working a little bit with lost like mayhem and those guys. And then also a company called soul life. And then when, uh, in Oh eight or Oh seven, whenever, when that economy crash happened, it was too expensive to ship boards here. So I started shaping again, just to again, hack the, yeah. again, out of necessity, like out of necessity. Yep. And I was in college. I thought I wanted to be like a dentist or something like that. So I was in school and I just kind of whipped out a couple for myself and it was, first time I really put logos on boards and then it just kind of like, you know, th- that hack that worked for me also worked for a couple buddies who also wanted some cheap boards. And then it was like more people did and it just snowballed, and it snowballed into this, from there. this weird thing. Yeah. It was really hard to finish college, honestly, just cause that was so early in my college career when this whole thing started and you know, but and you kind of figured out it was working. It was, yeah, it was, it was really working. And what do you think it is about shaping that you love the most? Um, Gosh, I, I really, I just like making things. I like, I like being able to start something and finish it. I like seeing something done. Um, it might be more of a personality thing than anything else. And um, I also, I, I really, I, I really have a strong like. Uh, I really appreciate context. I, I really like to understand what makes things work and specifically with custom orders and building custom boards for people. I, I really like to 
get the backstory and understand somebody's surfing, somebody's little like glitches and, and, and weird, weird things that they do. Um, and, and how to create a design that, that will work better for them based on how they're already surfing. Not so much making them boards like a lot of people do that are, if you're surfing really good, this board will work really good. But it's kind of like, you know. Breaking them down a little bit. Right. And, and for those that weren't in the lineup with us today, I, I felt like I was on the couch at the therapist's <laughs> office. Maddie was just pinpointing everything I did right and wrong. I, it was, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> so I guess that is kind of leads me up to my next question is just like, you have such a unique quiver of shapes and just really what you dive into your art. Like what inspires your shapes? What, what inspires the boards that you make? Oh man. It's, it's all about what's working for me, to be honest. Like it, it helps to work with team people and people are surf really well because you kind of develop that, th- that side of, yeah. Uh, of your designs you kind of work those out and there's that whole like high performance line that is i mean it's that stuff is so it's so detail oriented it's the feedback the communication you have with people who are who are helping you kind of uh develop that is it's really critical it's really important it's really it's very confusing (laughs) at times and you and you spend a lot of money um, yeah you know developing and, and redefining shapes and curves and everything else so there's that whole side but for me the main thing is that um i see what what i ride on a daily basis and i live here in hawaii and it's like i I can be surfing you know like four to six foot like hawaiian like like really good overhead v-land and be getting barreled or i can be surfing onshore two foot goat island all in the same day and so i my main thing is that i don't like to have a lot of boards around um i like to keep my own personal quiver down to like two or three boards um, so that really has kind of been, a, I think, a defining part of my design process even is just quiver killers. You know, what boards are going to get me in the most, like going to work in the, in the biggest, uh, widest variation of waves. And, and at the end of the day, else. you're probably going to have the most fun on those kind of boards, yeah. which is what drew me into ordering a board from you. If you're listening <laughs> to this podcast and you're ready for a board, you know where to order from no plugs. Um, <laughs> I think kind of skipping out of surf a little bit. So I think a lot of people listening to your voice or maybe those that are familiar with your shaping, you're just such this mellow, nice, wonderful, warm human being. It doesn't really touch on the other side that we're about to interview you on. And that is um, you as a, as a competitive fighter, as somebody that's you know very heavily involved in the whole mixed martial arts world you want to talk a little bit about that yeah um about heavily but yeah it's it's a big part of stuff um i i think like a a a lot of what i do just in life in general has been um i like to solve problems and i like to hack life and that's with surfboards it was hacking the problem of how do i how do i get boards when i can't afford them as a 14 year old kid and with fighting it's like how do i survive when i'm (laughs) the smallest kid on the block and it's like an aggressive little lineup in Santa Cruz and stuff. And it was like, at first it was just pulling hair, learning how to pull hair really good. <laughs> and then, the, and then it was like trying to, you know, some guy with a beard comes up to you in the water, you know, you got a handle on his face and you got, you got a handle on the back of his head too. So it was like, it started like that, but really just, just fighting has kind of been just another hack for survival. Um, and I didn't grow up in like a very violent, household or anything but i think it was a it was a fairly hostile environment in, in general just um 
how I grew up and, and sometimes where and everything else. And um, I, I don't know when I really fell in love with farting or with farting. <laughs> I think we all fell in love with farting ages ago. But what about fighting? Yeah, with fighting, I fell in love with that. I, I don't even know if I'm in love with it or if it's just something that I feel so compelled to do and to be fluent at. It's like um, it's like living in Mexico. It's like you have to learn the language mm-hmm. at some point. And you might as well. And, and the world that I've lived in, it's always kind of been um, fairly uh, abrasive. And I've had a lot of physical altercations. I've grown up and always kind of had to fight it for some, one reason or another. And the cool thing is now is that it's it's like I'm training so much and, and focusing so much on all of that. that um, it's like nothing really happens anymore. Like I don't have those back alley you're walking down and somebody attacks it's like doesn't yeah. happen it's almost like it's being out of mind yeah it's like if you're scared of dogs and you get bit by dogs all the time and then if you're not scared of dogs dogs like come up and lick you <laughs> and so that's kind of how it is with the fight stuff it's like i feel fairly competent and I, and I enjoy the the sport of fighting um do you kind of find it in art like obviously like your your way of living your shaping is at an absolute art do you find art in Fighting? I, I try to. I think that that's almost like next level fighting. I think you start kind of with just like the survival of it, like you would with shaping too. It's just like you're just trying to make a board that doesn't suck. And with fighting, it's like you're trying to get to the point where you don't suck. And then the next, the natural, naturally in the evolution of the art form is like, okay, how do I make it a bit better and a bit better and a bit better? And it's all through repetition and practice and and then taking your shapes out and trying them out in really heavy situations and conditions. And that's kind of, even with fighting, it's like the same thing. It's like, I'm learning, you learn techniques and you practice things and you get your mind right. And then you actually have to go and get into a cage or into a ring and sit down with somebody who's bigger and scarier and stronger than you and wants to kill you. And you, you figure it out, you test your shape, you test your, your knowledge and your, and your skill set. And that analogy is so spot on. Obviously, you could be a phenomenal shaper, but unless you're actually taking your boards, your shapes out in situations that scare you, you can't really yeah. experience them. So can you kind of remember the first time, obviously, you've been training for a while with this MMA thing, but when you actually got in your, your first organized fight? Oh, that was the scariest thing, just because it's like <clears throat> any fight that happens on the street or something. It, it, I mean, it, it's like that. It just it happens really quickly. There's no time. There's no anticipation. There's no anxiety. It's just like you're. I'm always the guy backing up with my hands up, like whoa, 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 what, what's going on? No, 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 no. And then it happens, and then it's like boom, and then you know everything changes. But um, having a premeditated, like let's meet at this date at this time, and let's each lose 15 pounds so we can essentially try to kill each other. It, it's it's crazy just the mental battle the mental anguish it's it, it was a shocker i mean it's every time it's 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 hard it teaches you a lot about yourself but it's just like it's just like mentally preparing when you're when you're paddling out and into into waves that you think are just too big and heavy for you you don't realize until you put yourself in that situation in that deep water in that heavy water that like you can handle this. Like you can do this. And a lot of times you're out there and, you know, like I remember like surfing Waimea about eight or nine years ago. It was like one of the eddy years and it was like the bay was closing out and I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to die for sure. And I looked over and there's like a 12 year old kid duck diving this close out wave next to me. And I was like, if that guy's going to survive, I'll survive. It's kind of like that with fighting too. It's like, you're just testing yourself. You're just kind of conditioning 
not just your, your body or your lungs or whatever it is, but you're conditioning kind of the human spirit and your, um, your, your ability to adapt and prepare and, and enjoy and be, be alive and live. And, and mentally, like how much does that have just like changed your way and how you look at fear? Oh man. Um, it's crazy. I mean, with, with fighting, with surfing, with all that stuff, it's just kind of like fear, fear to me is one of those things that through repetition, I'm scared of everything. I mean, you know, you got to understand me. Like, like I'm, I'm terrified of the sun terrifies me. It's, it's trying to kill me. I know it is. I mean, obviously like, yeah, I've got to put on all this like cream and stuff to keep it from killing. Like everything is trying to kill me and I'm scared of everything. And so it's just a matter of just like, like I said, like repetition, just like you would with, you know, shooting free throws or something like that and being more comfortable and you shoot a bunch of free throws at home. Then all of a sudden when it's game time and it's time to like actually, you know, make this free throw, then you're so conditioned to it. It's just conditioning. It's just practice. It's just repetition. And you know, I keep repeating myself over and over, but it really is. It's just, it's no, just but it's, it's spot yourself. on and it's, and it's good advice. And it's really neat talking to you, just how everything in your life has kind of connected and has so many similarities, whether it be in this field of fighting or whether it be in chicken. Um, I guess on a lighter note, not getting too deep, Ooh. but obviously um, <laughs> I'm guessing in, in this line of work, you've probably been injured a few times. I, I know when yeah. I originally called you to set up this interview, I wasn't sure you could talk because you <laughs> broke your jaw, but uh, do you want to let us in on a few, few fun injuries you've had? Fun injuries? Yeah. Oh, I use that with complete sarcasm. Yeah. Um, shocks me on. I'm like the most accident prone dude on the planet. Like I should not be doing all the things that I'm doing. I'm 35 years old, which is kind of old, but it's kind of not, but I'm kind of like, it's a deceiving 35. I'm like the 2012 Toyota that has 350,000 miles. <laughs> so you, <laughs> you see it on Craigslist and you go to check it out. Cause it looks so nice. And you're like, Oh, you know, I got a lot of, I got a lot of wear and tear on me, but I, I've broken so much stuff like, like bones. Um, I think, I think a big thing for me has always been, um, well, especially now is just, just brain injuries, just concussions yeah. over and over and over. Like, isn't, isn't your wife giving you a concussion in an accident? Was there a pad slip that you got kicked in the head? Just tell me again. Oh no. A pad slip. I thought there was. Oh gosh. And Maddie might've forgot cause he's been doing that so <laughs> just some CTE right here. That's what happened with this jaw thing a couple of weeks ago. It was just like playing around with one of my really good friends who's like he's really good at boxing and stuff and doesn't throw many kicks and I was just like <laughs> because maybe I don't remember if I was showing him how to kick but I kind of like didn't see that kick coming huh? not at all didn't have a mouth guard in nothing just crack right in the all your teeth uh, yeah I broke the back tooth pretty bad but I kind of have to wait a, a, at least another month or two till I can open my mouth all the way to get it fixed we just so. uh, we just gummed some pokey just now yeah so we gummed it can, hard you can, <laughs> you can manage that yeah well with with uh, obviously these are polar opposite things shaping and surfing and, and, and fighting and all that stuff even though we found similarities with it but so these next two questions are, are questions we try to ask all of our guests. And it's, it's so rad to kind of see like the different perspectives from everybody. So I'm going to ask you out of all these things that you do, all of these different sports, these different things that you're involved, what makes you feel most alive as a human? <laughs> and, and why we do just so you guys know, the audio is, is us actually just taking a, a clink of a, a little bit of Maddie's favorite beer, Bud Light Platinum toasting with my masters of the universe 
So what makes you feel most alive? I don't know. That's a weird question because like the most obvious thing is um, what makes me feel most alive is going through something really hard and surviving it. I mean, like, duh, that's like you're alive the next day. Like we we were talking earlier about, um, I think, I don't know if we're calling it the Korean missile crisis. Is that that politically okay? I I don't know what it is. Politically correct. And and will you explain this actually to our viewers that don't know about this? Um, I personally remember this because I had a lot of friends that were texting me thinking that they were going to die. (laughs) So if you could explain this to us, buddy. So for me, it was a little different, but it was, um, I think it was two or maybe three years ago. Um, I think it was around 8.30 in the morning, everybody's texts or everybody's phones blew up with like, you know, those things you get those flash flood warnings where your phone is like automatically tuned into the government sends out a warning. And and here in Hawaii, it was like, um, there's an impending missile coming. I don't remember what exactly it said, but it was like, there are missiles on their way. Um, ETA to impact is like 15 minutes or something like that. And, and this is hard for me too, because I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you based on um, what I heard about it, because I was actually out surfing here in the backyard while this whole thing was going down. But um, I think it took them about 25 minutes to release a statement saying like, oh, that was a mistake. That was like, you know, oops, whatever it was. Gonna die. Yeah, oops, you're not going to die. So basically everybody on the island had... Um, you know, you know, like 15, 25 minutes of just contemplation, maybe fear, terror, feeling all the things. Um, I came in from surfing with our neighbor, Scotty, and I think his wife ran up and she was crying. And then we heard people crying in the houses next like, door. What is going I was on? like, what's going on? And then I came in and um, went and saw Lindsay and she was just like, I think it was just a, the most giant smile. And then as I started to process what was happening from hearing to like, if, from, from hearing her perspective on what had happened. And I feel like I've almost actually died a bunch of times. Um, and so hearing other people's takes and versions of that story was, it was, it was really eye opening and, and shocking, but just to know that there's a finite amount of um, emotion you can put out there yeah. and things you can bring in and you know uh, Lindsay just went out in the backyard and looked at the ocean and sat with the kids and that was it that's what she did she was just like well uh, you know there's a lot more to it than that but it was kind of like well so that that was essentially the Korean missile crisis um, guys gotta you gotta google search this it's <laughs> so, it pretty wild it's so wild it was so wild so, so for me it was like I think that day what we actually did was I think it was on a, it was a Saturday too, but we, we got day drunk. Yeah, you know, as, as you should, we, just, on this occasion. we got some tequila and hung out and watched Netflix with the kids. And you're with your family and you were alive. Literally, we, we were figuratively we were super, alive. super alive that day. Oh, it's yeah. Awesome answer. Yeah. In fact, I'm taking a break. So, it's so, good. <laughs> so another question that we like to ask on this wonderful podcast is if you could have one day it's your last day to live not in a morbid way like if you had one day to live and you could do anything go anywhere spend it with whomever what would you do aside from skydiving and rocky mountain climbing and going through it could be 3.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu (laughs) (laughs) dude I'm pretty I'm pretty lame I don't know if it's like my age or what it is but like honestly just hanging out here with the kids and if the kids are in good moods and Lindsay's in a good mood and I'm in a good mood, it's like everything's aligned. Yeah. We're, we're all just kind of like the kids are old enough and edgy enough now to where it's like, 
they're not always magical. They're little assholes sometimes. <laughs> and then other times they're like magical unicorns and stuff. We all had a unicorn day on the same day and we just hung out here and That'd be it. walked over to the beach and out back and played in the tide pools or, I mean, just whatever it was, it doesn't really matter as long as we're kind of all together on that magical day when you know everyone's hormones and emotions align that would just be um the the best thing ever that's a that, you know that's a wonderful answer <laughs> that makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside yeah. well this is the part of the show where we do shameless self-promotion for anybody that's oh, listening geez. to this podcast that wants to order one of your wonderful oh, surfboards gosh. and by the way maddie just shaped me one <sighs> my little stint here in hawaiian it was wonderful so where could they uh, goods. I would say don't go to rainersurf.com because it hasn't been updated in like four years. If you have Windows 95, <laughs> it's a great website. Yeah. Don't look at um, Rainer Surf on Instagram and uh, probably don't email Maddie at rainersurf.com either. <laughs> Those are all the places where you could find me or you could just not. There you go. Humble man. Maddie, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. You've enlightened all of us on the balance of life. (laughs) High five. Thanks. And this has been another episode of Alive. Until next time. That, my friends, has been another episode of Alive. We hope you enjoyed our show. If you want to check out more of Maddie Rayner, you can go to Instagram, check him out at at Surf. Or if you're interested in buying a board or checking out more of his shapes, go to his website at rainershop.com. Also, stay tuned to at Imperial Motion and, of course, our website, because we have a special little giveaway coming up with Maddie Rayner where you can win your very own custom board, design it, do whatever you want with it, and it's going to be on us. So stay tuned. We'll be dropping that soon. Again, this has been another episode of Imperial Motions Alive. We hope you've enjoyed it. Stay tuned for more. This is JJ signing out. It's a deceiving 35. I'm like the 2012 Toyota that has 350,000 miles. I think, I don't know if we're calling it the Korean missile crisis. It's like there are missiles on their way. Um, ETA to impact is like basically everybody on the island had... um, you know, like 15, 25 minutes of just contemplation, maybe fear, terror, feeling all the things. His wife ran up and she was crying. And then we heard people crying in the houses next door. I was like, what's going on? And then I came in and I feel like I've almost actually died a bunch of times. And he just went out the backyard and looked in the ocean and sat with the kids. That was it. That's what she did. She was just like, well, 3.7 seconds on a bull named Pooh Manchu. <laughs> Dude, I'm pretty, I'm pretty lame. I don't know if it's like my age or what. Magical day when, you know, everyone's hormones and emotions align. <laughs> that makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah.